Thank you so much for joining The Broken Road to Mental Health in Life and in Business. I am your host, Sharon Feckety. I'm also the author of The Broken Road to Mental Health in Life and in Business. I'm so glad that you're here today. This is a space that you're going to hear a lot of stories about recovery, addiction, men and women that have suffered from anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, trauma. We're going to have professionals on here as well. So I hope that it's not just this show that you listen to, but you go back and listen to the many other shows and the many other stories. And please subscribe and pass it on to somebody that you know that might be struggling and feel like they're alone. None of us are alone on this broken road to mental health. And I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us. Hello, everybody. I'm very happy to introduce today Meg Duke, who is a licensed clinical social worker, supervisor, and licensed chemical dependency counselor. And she's like killing it on Instagram. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. I am so happy to talk to you. So you provide virtual psychotherapy across a number of states, which I'm really happy to hear about because we need more of you. (laughs) If you could multiply yourself by the end of that report, this recording, I'd be very grateful. And you live in Kansas City. Yes, that is right. In the Kansas, the greater Kansas City area. I live in Lenexa, Kansas, but yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I've never been, but I, you know, I'm always interested in visiting places I've never gone to. So you have yes. a husband, a son, a daughter, and a dog. What kind of dog? Uh, he's a purebred mutt. <laughs> he is a border collie. They said oh. Manchester Terrier, which I hadn't heard of before we got him. So, but border collie for sure. He herds us. He lets us know where he's supposed to be. And then visually, it's very clearly a border collie as well. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, if you're only listening to the show, sorry that you won't be able to see this visual, but Meg has incredible nails. Yeah. Thank Look. you. <laughs> I love them to be loud. This is like my, my personality. I talk with my hands a lot. So I love to be able to, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's and working. We need great energy. All right. So listen, Meg, I would like nothing more than to hear about your why first. Why did you decide to get into this uh, much needed profession? So it's really interesting. I've always um, wanted to be in a helping profession and very long story, seven majors later, ended up with a business degree from Purdue University, boiler up all day long. And I ended up in New York City. I was working at Goldman Sachs and I had a girlfriend that I had met and she's actually been on an episode of my podcast um, because she is a psychotherapist and she was getting her master of social work from Columbia. Mm -hmm. And um, and she and I, I remember it so vividly. We were sitting on the train. We were uh, on the one. I remember what train, I don't know why. And, um, And she said, if I could do anything in the world, what would it be? And I said, I think it's too late for me to be a professional snowboarder, but that would be my answer. <laughs> um, so this, I think I was, what was I like 25 at this point? So, I mean, anyway, and I lived in New York, but I'm also from Indiana. So like no mountains, anyway, snowboarding. Yeah. So then I said, I'd love to be a therapist, but I don't want to spend all the time to get my PhD in psychology before I can start working. Cause I was fully ignorant that there were multiple avenues for how to get your, your therapy um, career going. And she's like, you know, that's what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I'm getting my master's in social work. 
so that I can be a therapist. I had, I had no clue. So, um, talked to her. So, I mean, I already had been talking to her about what she was doing, but I didn't really fully understand. And so that really was kind of that moment sparked me looking into getting a degree in social work. And, um, I'm really, I love, I love social work. I teach over at university of Kansas. Um, I love our, our, viewpoint of a person and environment and the systems that we operate in. And um, yeah, so I got my master's and have been working ever since. I graduated in 2013, which is crazy to think how long it's been. (laughs) So you went from Goldman Sachs Uh to therapy. That's that's yes. And it was, it was interesting. I'll give you, I I am obviously very chatty. Um, I'll give you a quick little story about that. Cause I actually started at Fordham university in New York for to get my master's. And then I realized I couldn't afford a private education and to live in New York. So I ended up in Indianapolis finishing up, but it was really interesting because they did, it was when Occupy Wall Street was going on was when I was at Fordham and they're like, we're all going down after class and da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, this is a really interesting intersection of my life right now. It was a real like, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I'm from New York originally. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and I'm here in Tampa Bay. And once you said Fordham, I mean, I immediately think of finance and all yeah. of my friends that have gone to Fordham and Goldman Sachs being this really mm-hmm. tough, right? Just like a tough industry, yes. very male dominant, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I don't know. I'm going to say unfortunately as a woman. And and interesting that you wanted to do this. So now I really want to know why. So like, why did you want to do therapy though? Was it something personal in your life? Did like me, everybody called me Dear Abby. Uh So I wanted to be a therapist, but I hate school. So that was never going to work for me. Right. And so I just, you know, wrote a book about my own personal experience. But what was it for you? Because I always think of the personal story. Yeah, just always wanting to be in a helping profession and uh, and not knowing, like I said, I, I I wanted to be, I thought that meant, again, My I guess I was a very concrete thinker. I have ADHD, um, diagnosed in 1994. I always really enjoyed working with my psychiatrist um, that I had had, and I felt that that was a kind of an interesting thing. And um, And I, again, in a concrete thinking way was like, oh, well, then I can be a doctor and I can help people because that's how you help people is to be a doctor, which is insane. And I know that, but like, and then I just, I got to Purdue and I was like, I don't want to do biomedical engineering and I don't, this is not what I'm feeling. And, um, but yeah, and just wanting to be in a helping space. I I do find that I really enjoyed being a, a space to hold for people, for my friends to chat. I don't really necessarily think that any of my friends would reflect back and be like, oh yeah, Meg was definitely the, always the one that I went to for with my problems. But I always liked being having that space and I do remember having some moments that are quickly coming back to me that when you ask of like really sitting with a friend in like acute mental distress and not really having the training for it but just kind of sitting and holding that space and being like I'd really like to be able to do this for people and know what I'm talking about (laughs) and um and so that's really I don't know I just had always really wanted to be able to help people talk about what it is that it is that's kind of holding them back or preventing them from feeling like they're living their best and most authentic lives. Mm, I love that. So um, you specialized in perinatal mental yes. health. Yes. Utilizing solution focused brief therapy. So I don't have a clue what the hell, <laughs> which yes. so I'm really excited for you to share what that is. 
Yes. So, um, so it, we use in the, in the biz, we call, use perinatal. And I think it is becoming a little more widely used because a lot of times you think of postpartum depression. That's right. what you think, right? Immediately what I thought. Of course. And that's not wrong. It's just, there's so much more. It's sure. all of it. It's the fertility struggle. It's the pregnancy. It's people even contemplate. I have clients who are just like, I'm thinking about thinking about getting pregnant. And so I want to start getting into therapy because I know that's going to change my life. Mm -hmm. And then of course the, the, um, the mood disorders that we have as related to having given birth and postpartum and new parenting life, it's, it's the full gamut, it's the full spectrum, um, of all of that that goes on. And I have my own history with pregnancy loss. Um, and I get trigger warning for anybody who wants to maybe pop ahead a 30 seconds, but I, so I, my husband and I, um, we did pre-marriage mentoring. From a true professional podcast. Um, so my husband and I did some pre-marriage mentoring and the one, the two things we always talk about was money and babies. Cause they're like, yeah. that's when people, that's when people get uh, into trouble with. So what are you gonna do about money and when are you gonna have babies? So we always knew like we're gonna to go to Oktoberfest in 2016 in Germany and do Austria and do all of that, and then we're gonna have babies. And mm -hmm. I got pregnant right away. I mean, like two months after we removed the goalie and life was great. And then I had my first pregnancy loss. And then I didn't get pregnant again. And there was no explanation, no, nothing, no diagnoses, nothing. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's a big frustration for a lot of people, is there's just an undiagnosed not getting pregnant right, <laughs> stay right. pregnant yeah. and so then I got pregnant again um gosh what was it, like 15 months later experienced another pregnancy loss um and then I worked with an endocrinologist a fertility reproductive um, endocrinologist and was able to be successful in carrying my son mm. and then we did the shame, same shebang for my daughter and it was twins and we lost baby B. So I have three pregnancy losses um, that I've experienced. And I just, when specializing, again, it's one of those things too, like, I don't know if you watch the show Ted Lasso at all. Of course. Okay. I, it's just free therapy. Everyone should watch it. it really I know, is. Well, I guess you have to pay. Ted Lasso and let's ask them for sponsorship for both Seriously. I literally end my podcast with Be Curious, Not Judgmental, because that's, I talk about it all the time in therapy. Like, even with yourself, like when you're feeling a certain way, don't judge yourself for having that feeling, get curious and ask why your body is telling you something like, why am I feeling this way? What am I recognizing? How can I make some changes? I literally, I'm obsessed with Ted Lasso, but yeah, um, yeah like my dream job would be to be the, the, like the chiefs, right. Or I love Chelsea football. So I, we don't live in London, obviously, but I'd love to be like a sports psychologist therapist. But again, like that's not where that didn't seem realistic to me. And it was not really where my, I mean, sports are my passion, but like in real life, yeah. right? Like I don't play sports anymore. So, um, yeah. So I'd love to be Dr. Sharon Fieldstone. But yes. <laughs> yes. But, um, but yeah, I really felt like I just, I feel like there's more movement in talking about it, more openness, more awareness for people to recognize like, yes, you want to be a parent and maybe it's not your passion. So you don't have to be walking around smiling and cheerful that you're a mother all the time. And also mm -hmm. there, we still have so much, so much space to go, which is also why I started the podcast because my first episode is talking about like virtue, gratitude, virtue signaling. Cause I had people that were like, if your baby wakes up at three o'clock in the morning, you be grateful that they are alive and that you have a baby and, and life is short. And I'm like, 
Yes, of course. And also, if you want to get up and be mad at three o'clock in the morning because you're exhausted, because you're raising a small human, that's okay. Like, I don't need your Facebook comments telling me what to do, so-and-so. So I'm really passionate about giving humans that space for parenthood, for the fertility journey, for all of that. And that's why I was like, that's that's where I need to try to work to specialize. Okay, so now I'm I'm reverse engineering all of that in my head. I know, right? I talk so much. <laughs> no, it's really good. Uh, well, as soon as you said... You know, it's like um, uh, postpartum. Right. I, I started thinking about two friends of mine, colleagues in business that mm-hmm. are powerhouses in business mm-hmm. that have almost at the same time lost a child to a mm-hmm. miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself have two ectopic pregnancies mm-hmm. and could never carry a baby. And that's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing because I have a beautiful stepson so I, I have the experience of having the best of both worlds. Sure. Almost, I didn't look at that, of course. There's been therapy. Let's just Right, yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of therapy. But I am a fan because I get asked often, Sharon, do you have um, a therapist for um, people on the police department? Do you have a therapist that mm-hmm. specializes in addiction do you Mm -hmm. and I always want to say yes but I don't right and so when two of my friends as I mentioned um had lost their children and they have other children of course that they're really grateful that they have there was still there's almost like this like there's no space for them to to heal because like they have kids and they were blessed with Uh there's a stigma to everything Meg isn't there amen can I get an amen up in here? Absolutely. It's like, you can't say anything without qualifying it six other ways of like, well, I'm really grateful for this and I'm happy about this and I'm having this and I'm also kind of hurting over here, but don't worry about it too much because I have all the things that I should be happy about. Because I have to be strong. Uh, really? Yes. So yeah. I am for sure going to tell my friends about you. Oh, and there are so many people, so many women that lose children or that just mm-hmm. can't get pregnant. And uh-huh. some aren't trying anymore, uh-huh. but have to, they need somewhere to go. And mm-hmm. that's not always going to be to the man that specializes in divorce. Right. So I love this. Okay. So thank you, Meg. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm excited about that. But then you also are licensed um, for chemical dependency. So do you... Yes. So is that kind of the lanes that you roll in? Are those the roads that you're on? Or are, tell me about your-, your- I, would, I would be delighted. So I worked at a rehab in uh, Grand Prairie, Texas, outside of Dallas for- I never um, went to that one, just so you know. What'd you say? I never went to that one. <laughs> I've been to a few as a client, but I've never- But not that one, okay. <laughs> yeah, and um, and so I got my LCDC as a result of having worked there, and I actually mm. taught the substance use um, course. It's a social work 869 at University of Kansas um, yeah. over the last semester, and I really find a lot of passion in working with people in recovery. Um, mm. I actually don't do- specifically that in my practice being online, being virtual. So Mm -hmm. I have clients who are working 
as a kind of a secondary or a tertiary, like let's talk about how much I'm drinking to use my as a coping skill, mm -hmm. but it's not my specialty now. Mm -hmm. um, though I really have just had such great experiences in working in the recovery space. Mm -hmm. I'm really passionate about it. I literally just renewed my license um, this month um, because I do want to continue to be able to continue to learn and grow in that area and be a, a support. Um, I, it's so, it's so important that again, we come back to stigma, right? Like, well, if you never used drugs in the beginning, you wouldn't have, and it's like, that's not, that's not helpful. That's not getting us anywhere. And that is continues to be, um, even, you know, I work with social workers and that's even, they were kind of like, well, what if someone just never used meth? And I'm like, yes, but the, think about the systems in place and how people get to be in a space where they pick up whatever substance of choice that might be in the first place. Um, so yeah, so that's really been something when I started working in that rehabilitation facility, I, I was really, that, that lit my fire mm -hmm. in the mental health space of, of things that I, I am energized to work with people in that space. I love it. Okay, good to know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course, I'm thinking of all the people that I want to tell. Yeah, because um, resources are so important. Yes. And, yes. and having other people to kind of spread this message, which mm -hmm. is a good segue to your Instagram account, uh -huh. um, is just, we're in a different world. This is a, a different kind of day. We're mm -hmm. uh, in the endemic, maybe, mm -hmm. and a global shit show. Mm -hmm. and I think your services are just, they're mandatory. I don't yes. trust anybody that's not in therapy anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you should start with I'm in therapy and then we could continue the conversation because I just don't really think that, especially now, we should be relying on what our brain tells us. Mm. Mm. We are being given so much negative media um, mm. all the time. So- yeah. For me, so I'm a super fan of therapy. I have one and love to refer therapy. I also am still involved very heavily in my 12-step recovery. Hmm. How did you How did you end up saying, I'm going to hit this Instagram thing and be myself because I have watched and I will put all in the show notes um, where to follow you at Therapy you. Hi, Meg. Um, but how did that start for you? I clearly hate talking. It's, it's the worst. <laughs> no, I, I just really found myself feeling kind of helpless in certain ways, um, with, with the state of the world <laughs> and felt like, what can I do? I felt I was helping people on an individual level. I feel really confident in my skills as a therapist, as a clinician. I always get very excited to meet new clients and get to do that work on an individual space. And I also felt, I was like, what else? How can I tell more people? How can I help normalize? I mean, I'm obviously biased, but I think everyone needs a therapist. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I talk to people like, I'm not crazy. And it's like, no, no, of course not. I don't know how I agree with you about like, how people can get through without some sort of really strong recurring support. Maybe it's not individual 45 minute once a week therapy, but something that you know that you can go to 
and rely on a space to process your feelings and get it out. Cause you're right. When we let things ping pong ba- uh, ball around in our head and they mm-hmm. grow in weird ways, because we don't have someone else to kind of help us talk through it. It's very difficult. And so that was where I thought, let me, let me see how I can get my thoughts out there, how I can get, share my opinions and my views, try to normalize, try to end stigma in certain ways. And I thought, you know, Instagram seemed, you know, you see all these influencers out there and hey, you know what? If you can make the amount of money some of these influencers make by showing off whatever, you know, like their veggie drinks and their bikinis and what, hey, if someone wants to pay me, I will happily take pictures, but you know, whatever, (laughs) yeah. We interrupt this podcast to tell you a little bit about our amazing sponsor, Thai Technology. Now, we could not do this show, The Broken Road to Mental Health and Life in a Business, without sponsors like Thai Technology. They really do provide exceptional customer service. It's a televoip company, right? They provide wonderful phone systems. They integrate with Zoom. But there's so much more than that. You know, there's hardly any companies anymore where you could call and actually get a human being order a service and not have to have like an order number and get put into a system and have to wait weeks and weeks for somebody to just call you back. So on the broken road to mental health and life and in business, we're trying to make it easier for you to run your business. So I would highly recommend reaching out to Thai technology. They are the very best and they work with systems from Tampa Bay to New York and beyond. If you mention this podcast, you will get the first three months for free. Thanks Thai technology. That's fine. So respect, you know, we're, we're all, that's the thing too, like being curious, not judgmental. If you want to know more about that, but don't judge, right? Don't that's how that person makes their money and good on them. So right. that's really how I thought. I thought, how can I just get more awareness out there and, and meet other people too? You know, I um, had a, a guest on my podcast from Canada, um, Michelle, and she runs My Mind, Body, Baby, where she talks about um, all the different treatments and thoughts and and not just the medical pieces of fertility journeys. Um, and we have continued to collaborate through that. And here I am talking to you and I just, I just want to be involved. I want to be a support. I want to be a mouthpiece for people and, and, and try to like decrease that stigma and try to, to get the, the message going. Yeah. Well, you know, the only way to normalize this is to just talk about it. Right. Absolutely. And these platforms give us such a great advantage to do that. Um, I think that uh, I've interviewed so many sober influencers and Uh all different kinds and I'm 27 years sober, right? So that means I'm old now, (laughs) but it also means, and I'm very proud to have gotten to age. Thank you. Absolutely. I is a privilege to be turning 50 soon. Yes. Because I didn't think I would make it. And a lot of people don't think that they're going to make it. And when I, when I first started interviewing people that were these sober influencers that Mm -hmm. were sober curious, they were terms I never heard of. Oh, sure. I'm still learning. Are you kidding me? Yes. And it's wonderful because they can, just like you said, to be curious um, is so important and to not judge, you know, uh, I think that that's what everybody's so quick to do. Mm. Oh, look at you. Here we go. Right. It is. And it's, um, these, you're helping people. I'm helping people. Mm -hmm. So many are helping in their own way. Like it's actually a good thing to try to contribute to the better good of the world. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say if I can give a quick caveat about like Photoshop and unhealthy body expectations, because I did mention bikinis. So I feel the need, like if you're taking honest to goodness pictures and not Photoshopping yourself to death, then yes. But that, yeah, but like I, I listened to um one about the sober sobriety influencer and I, it was just the title of the episode. And I thought a sober influencer. I, I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the two words, and so even there, I learned that in, in, you know, kind of preparing for our conversation today. And yeah, there's always, I like to consider myself a lifelong learner. I can never sit here and espouse myself to be, look, I know everything. I know everything about everything. That would be crazy. But I can say, I can normalize being curious and trying to learn and wanting to better myself and wanting to help other people get to a space where they feel empowered to do so as well. Mm, I love it. So it's good to know everybody that are my Tampa Bay audience that uh, Meg is indeed licensed in the state of Florida for mm-hmm. teletherapy, yes, yes. telehealth. Mm-hmm. So that is good to know everybody. So don't hit me up, just go right to Meg <laughs> in the show notes. Um, and I, I think that there is a great need for women that are going through I mean, think about the, the laws right now of what women in general are going through with, you mm. know, no abortions. And we're back in 1920. So people, women need to talk about this. Women yes. need a safe space to share and to feel safe, mm-hmm. not be judged and to fall apart. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Sometimes that's the best thing to do is just really lean into it. I've talked about that with clients before. I've, I'm like, set yourself a timer, just sob for, depending on the client, five, 10, 20 minutes. And then when that timer goes off, then you can get up and go on to what's next, but you got to allow yourself that space. Sometimes when we, you know, the issues are in the tissues, right? When we hold it all in, it just, that trauma stays in your body. So when you can allow yourself to express that and not necessarily sobbing and crying, but whatever it is that you can do to get yourself to a space where you can express that. And that's another thing, right? If you're not tracking your moods or being intentional about how you're feeling, how will you know the thing that's going to help you to feel better? Because you're not trying, you're just stuffing it all down and moving forward with your day. Yeah. So interesting that you Mm -hmm. say, you know, trauma is in the body and we do Mm -hmm. hold it. Um, Mm -hmm. I had mentioned to you before, uh, alternative psychiatry, the wonderful psychologist that works there and he works with a massage therapist Mm -hmm. Like they kind of go through everybody. It's like, here's the psychiatrist. Here's the psychologist. Here's some massage therapy, maybe some therapy because it really like, it has to get out. Mm -hmm. You don't want it to go somewhere that's not good. That's right. That's exactly right. Right. And so many people hold it in and it affects us in ways that we can't even imagine. I want to share one thing with you that yes. is vulnerable. I like, I like doing something vulnerable in a, a show. So what the hell, why not? I love it. So when I recorded my, um, my book in, on Audible, I did it in 2020, mm-hmm. which was the shit show of all shit shows. The best year of all time. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I thought, well, at least I'll be able to put uh, some of this pandemic like in, into my book and, and because I had written it in 2019. Uh-huh. And usually there are moments throughout my own trauma that I cry, you know, like I know I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna say this. Well, none of that happened when I read the book, except when I got to the end and I mentioned my stepson. Uh-huh. 
because I was reminded again about the loss of these two children uh-huh. that never came into my life. Mm-hmm. And it was so, and I even said in the audible, like, let's keep this to the person that was recording because it felt so as bad as it felt and as bad as it felt uh-huh. to go through what I went through, it felt so good to release it and to know that it is okay to not be okay. It is okay to not be okay. And you know, I, I say this a lot, both in my show and in therapy sessions with people. Um, I was listening to a podcast with Esther Perel, who is a relationship guru. And uh, uh, the podcast host was talking about his father who had cancer and had passed away and he started crying and he apologized to her for having been, how dare he? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she said, why would you apologize to me for crying? If you were telling me a story and you started laughing, would you apologize? But we, we have stigmatized emotions. Sadness is weakness. Crying is annoying, whatever it might be. And I, I do understand something. I did have a client once be like, yes, but if I start sobbing right now, then that's just wasting my time and I want to talk. And I'm like, well, I do understand. Okay. I hear what you're saying there, but generally speaking. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful that people will get to hear you not robotically read your book back to them, but be able to emote that you're so passionate about that you wrote a book about it. And that that's something that's so real. And so, yeah, I think if I could encourage everyone to stop apologizing for crying, let it, let it start with you that we normalize being upset about certain things, you know, inappropriate situations, fair enough, but yeah, absolutely. I love that. I thank you for sharing that with me because I have not, I, I can't wait to listen to your audiobook, but I haven't yet. And I will look for that part too. And, and that's really beautiful that people get to see authenticity. Yeah. Well, I think it is so important. And I, I, listen, it took me as long as it's taken me to be okay with doing that. This didn't happen overnight, right? Absolutely like, not. Absolutely not. This yeah. healing journey is long. Um, not ever, I don't ever expect other people to just like be okay with being vulnerable, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, it, it is empowering mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it is mm-hmm. necessary mm-hmm. for us to show the younger generation that it is okay. Absolutely. And, you know, I want to say it's not an overnight thing. I say this all the time too. I wish I could give you a checklist to go and try for a week. And then magically you come back the next week and most of your problems are mostly abated. Like that would be so great if that's how therapy works. Like, yeah, go do these things and come back and they'll be great. But yeah. And like a vulnerability hangover is a real thing, right? Like I'm going to leave here and try to not be, oh my gosh, I should have said this. And I didn't say that. And I talked too much and I used my hands and all that. Of course, because I'm being vulnerable right now talking to you and, and your audience. And also it's great because it's freeing. What, what is the world? Why do we have to follow all of these rules and all of these archaic things? It's like you live once and you, you enjoy yourself and you have fun and you learn and you cry and all of that together. Yeah. And I think us as adults need to really be able to to change that story. Like we can change that story because we all heard, well, in my generation that, you know, especially if you're a boss or if you're a therapist, if you're a professional, you certainly can't show that you're human. That how dare. Right. So we are definitely, we're changing things up right here Mm -hmm. and right now, Meg. So I'm really, really proud. So before we go today, is there anything that you would like to share with my audience who might be on the broken road to mental health. Yes. I mean, I just really appreciate everyone who's tuning in and listening. I want to encourage you again to really 
take up space. You're allowed. You're here for a reason. I believe whether the God of your understanding or the universe or whatever it might be, there's a reason why we're all in the spaces that we're in. There's a reason I'm talking to you right now and encourage everybody to feel empowered to take up space. I know some of us sit in higher places of privilege than others, and it's easier for some of us to say that in certain ways. And also understanding that your mental health and your wellness is important. Um, it's not selfish in a bad way. It's selfish in a good way. And again, I go back to, again, I'm always going to bring it back to Ted Lasso, which is be curious, not judgmental. So when you recognize yourself wanting to cry or feeling a certain kind of way, recognize your body is trying to tell you something and get curious with that and sit with it versus just trying to be mad at yourself for having some sort of an emotion. Absolutely. I love it. Well, Meg, it's been such a delight to have you here. And if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, go get on it. Okay. Please be waiting for it. I know. Well, I know there's an Apple, you have to, I don't know what the Apple subscription monthly is. Um, so it's not totally free therapy, but it is, I mean, it's just so they talk a lot about Brene Brown and they talk about Esther Perel and it's, it's a very intentional and mindful writer's room that goes on. We talk about how mad I am about Brene Brown being off for the whole summer. Do you know that? Okay. I am so happy for her. I'm so happy for her. And me too. So I'm so <laughs> You know, I, I re-listened to um, one of her episodes this morning. I, I took a walk because for my own mental health, I mean, um, I got, got up this morning, felt great. Um, I exercise, I meditate, and I sat on the couch and I looked at my phone. That was a mistake. Yep. I don't know what it was or what it triggered, <laughs> but it enabled me to not want to do anything else. Okay. So mm-hmm. then I forced myself, I'm like, go for a walk. And I went for this beautiful walk. And I saw bunny rabbits and squirrels. And then, um, and I listened to an old episode of Brene because I need that. I need her in my life. I love her. I love her special on HBO Max. I love, I'm going to tell me to watch it, Meg. Tell me right now. Oh, I mean, so I have Atlas of the Heart. I'm pointing to it as though anybody can see my bookshelf sitting right here. It's sitting, I'm looking at it right now. It's beautiful. The 83 emotions. She goes through in such an interesting way and the crowd participation. I mean, there are sometimes when the crowd says stuff and she literally will be like, I swear I didn't tell them to say that. Like, <laughs> it's such a beautiful space where the pieces are just kind of flowing and fitting together. And um, yeah, I'm, I, it's, I think Brene is, and she's a social worker and I used to live in Houston. I actually went to the University of Houston to get my supervisor um, training done. So, you know, go Cougs, but I'm like, oh man, what it would have been like, could you imagine she used to teach there? Like she's a researching professor there now, but like to have her as a teacher, I just. Amazing. And you know, I, I love to tell people too, I'm I like, I'm a self-help junkie. Like I have a lot of addictions and Brene Brown is now one of them. I resisted her for so long. Uh-huh. Tell me more. I don't know why. Like, I, so I started watching Oprah from the get. Like, I came home from school. I watched General Hospital with my mom, and then yeah. Oprah was on right after. When she was done, twenty-five years. I was. I went to Chicago. I took pictures in front of it. I went to see her Amazing. and Lady Gaga in January of twenty twenty, pre shit yes. show. And everybody's talking about Brene, and I'm like, you know what? All right, let me listen to Oprah's interview with yeah. Oprah. And I well, did. that's a safe space because that, that cures yeah. your anxiety a lot because you are coming from a safe space of Oprah, who is yeah. your good friend. Yes, very good friend. Introducing you to something new, which causes anxiety. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. 
And then that was it. And then I was like, Oprah who? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> also, we love Oprah. Yeah. We love. Well, there's so many great teachers, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so Oprah did an interview. It's pretty short. It's an, an, another podcast content. I'm sure people are like, so many podcasts you're throwing at us today. But um, she did a podcast on Kristen Bell, We Are Supported By with Monica Padman. And I've listened to it thrice now. And like, it's so- uh, on just, that? How Oprah. did I miss that? I don't- girlfriend i'm writing it down right now oh my gosh you listen to deck shepherd girl i'm a licensed chemical dependency counselor you don't think i listen to deck shepherd <laughs> i love him i i think he hung the moon i love i love he's a genuinely curious human he has an opinion but he'll say like well i think this why is that wrong or like why don't you like that or no, I don't think this, and I'm going to keep doing that, but you tell me why you, you know, like I, his yeah. ability to be humble and curious in spaces where he wants to learn more, but does not, it's, it's beautiful. Oh, the love I have for that man. Hmm. So did you listen to his father's day special? Oh no, I haven't yet. Don't. Is your okay. father alive? Yes. Luckily. So is mine. So. Is mine. so. Yes. All right. Do you, talks, yeah. It's he's just he's a, I like to there are a lot of people that I feel like are above this earth and he's one of yes. them. When yes. he um did the show about relapsing, I died. Oh my gosh, what was it called? Seven days, I think was what it was called. Oh I my don't even gosh. Know, but I died. I was I, beautiful. Talk, oh my gosh. You talk about a sense memory. So you talked about your walk this morning. I was just transported right back to exactly where I was. I took a walk. Mm-hmm. And he was listening to that podcast and you mentioned that episode and I know exactly where I was and when that was and when I listened to that and it was so powerful mm. and so beautiful and so vulnerable and I have chills. I mean, me yeah. too. I just got him. He is brilliant and he's so smart. So intelligent. I feel like I mean, we could do a talk. We could do a show just on podcasts we listen to. We could. I, I was going to say, I'm, I will mention one more and then I will stop, I promise. But um, Abby Wambach and Glennon Doyle, talk about self Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. I tried listening to Glennon's. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I have resistance sometimes. And well, I no, but I appreciate that. I, I have to admit, I do hop episodes. I do hop episodes. Good. Depends on the title. Like, I so, love Tiffany Frankel, but... I can't listen to her all the time. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, yeah. I just really love, I'm trying to think of the Glennon Doyle episode that I really love, but the, the Untamed book I have mailed yeah. to, I think, mm. seven different friends, truly, literally, because I read it. I, I wouldn't finish it. I wouldn't finish it. Like, I didn't want to be done with it. So I like, would be like, to, I just wouldn't. Yeah. So, so I really love Megan, yeah, I, I, love I, like you, and I mean this. So I'm sorry to all of my listeners or anybody that's watching. I want a list of what you're watching and listening. Oh, I will send that to you. Yeah, and I will send you mine. Because I, are you listening to Last Day, the podcast? Oh, not yet. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> girl. The Hilarious World of Depression? Oh my gosh, I know I have not. That sounds amazing. I mean, and terrible and amazing. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, I do also, though, encourage everybody. I also listen to like, the Scrubs rewatch podcast. I listened to um, Drag Her, the Drag Race rewatch podcast. Mono Agapian was actually on one of my podcast episodes, and I, I metaphorically died. 
Um, so I love, you know what I'm saying? Like that, it's good to, to mix up your content. It doesn't always have to be about wellness. It can just be about. <laughs> of course. Well, that's when I, I feel like I'm, so I listen to so many podcasts and so many audible books. I'm, yeah. I hate when anything ends. So that yes. was familiar what you just said when I'm loving it. The book that I'm listening to right now is Burn Rate by Andy Dunn. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. So, cause I'm, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur too, and I own businesses. So I like a mix of business. I like, um, opioid. I like <laughs> depression. I like it all intertwined. I love Russell Brand. I love a yes. mixture of funny, serious, emotional, and Dak Shepard all wrapped in one. Yes. Yes. We will share. Good. Because like, I need people that I, re I respect your opinion now, Meg. Oh, thank you. That means a lot to me. <laughs> you started with Ted Lasso. You weaved the fabric of Brene Brown, dropped some Oprah, Glennoned it up. And now I just feel like I could totally take any recommendation. It means a lot. I'm that, thank you. That truly means so much to me. Absolutely. Um, I did want, if you don't mind me taking 30 seconds, I know your listenership is expansive, but I know you are in Tampa Bay and my girlfriend, Hillary Van Dyke is the director of the Green Book of Tampa Bay. And I wanted, with Juneteenth having just been this past weekend, it's helping people to be intentional about where they spend their dollars. So a lot of local black owned businesses, it's a directory for that. Um, in the Tampa Bay area. I, what is it called? It's the Green Book of okay. Tampa Bay. And so obviously, if you're in a Tampa Bay, St. Pete area, you can pop on over to a lot of these places. And then a lot of them have e-commerce shops. So putting your money um, in small business, Black-owned businesses, um, and Hillary's just amazing. So no, um, I would love to interview Hillary too. Oh, oh my gosh. I would love that. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Come on, girl. Let's help. Let's help each other. Yes. How about that? That's how we're going to end this show today. Yes. You know what? Don't keep it all to yourself, everybody. If right. you've got podcasts to recommend, if you've got books to recommend, if you have the Green Book of Tampa Bay, do you know how fast I'm going to be on that website? When Please. We it's, it's amazing. It's just I'm so excited. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So Meg, thank you for being here. And to the audience that got to listen to us go down the rabbit hole of shows, we will include the list in the show notes because I'm sure Meg is going to send me some doozies. Why yes. should you benefit too? So thank you for being here, Meg. I appreciate what you're doing to help others. My genuine pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Yay. So don't forget if you mention that you've seen the show or listened to it on the podcast, mention Thai technology and you will get three months for free. They're the best.